you for taking the time out of your schedule to listen to the Man Cave Huddle, everyone. And I am your host, Greg. In the Man Cave Huddle, we love to talk about lifestyle, entertainment, and sports. And I feel like in this episode, I'm going to bring you some uh, a little bit of lifestyle. Obviously, I'm going to try and be funny, entertain you, and you already know we're going to have something about sports in this one. So in saying that, um, just a brief rundown of what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how much is Amazon worth? And Nike, they just did it again, but guess with who this time? And the Giants, this past weekend was cut down weekend for the final roster, the 53-man roster. They made some cuts, some guys you expect, but one especially caught my eye. And it seems as though the Jets, they have found their signal caller but we begin with amazon now sources brought to the man cave huddle via cnbc.com report that the amazon market cap has hit one trillion dollars yeah let me let that set in we're not talking about m's we're not talking about b's we're talking about p's as in trillion. The market cap hit hits one trillion, and Amazon has become the second publicly traded US company to reach that milestone. I'll give you a guess who's number one. Five seconds. In five, four, three, two, one. If you've guessed Apple, you're right. The second US company says Apple to hit the one trillion dollar mark. That is truly amazing. Trillion. Man, talk about, mm, that's a lot. Mm. Well, it seems as though that political, I said political, financial analysts cite that the company's diversifying portfolio is a real value driver. And basically what they're saying is, is that Amazon is just not, you get on, you click, and you just type what you want in that search button. They've purchased Whole Food Markets. And they've gone into the hardware industry, especially um, when I say hardware, they have this doorbell that has a camera in it. So pretty much when somebody comes to your doorbell, you don't have to go to the door and see who's there. You can look via your device or your cell phone or better yet, if you're not home and you get an Amazon delivery and you know how these uh, thieves come to your door and they just take your Amazon package, not even knowing what it is. Well, now you can have proof and visual proof. That's been a real hit for them. And logistics. Now, um, you know, via Man Cave Huddle here, we do our research. And I looked into the logistics. And what it is, is now Amazon is running small-scale delivery services where what it sounded like to me after I read it was like, you know how some people, they have like delivery routes whether it be a bread route, um, paper route, whatever. So now what they're doing is they're giving out on a small scale, I guess it'll be big time in a couple of years, where people are getting uh, a truck. Obviously, they probably have to, uh, part of the deal is you got to pay uh, a monthly fee to have the truck and you have your own route. So imagine wherever you're living in your town, Let's say you have this section of town and it's your job to deliver all the Amazon packages and I'm sure they're paying well, but that's on a small scale level. That's what they're doing. So basically, Amazon now is diversifying to where it's like prime. It's not just steak. 
They want you to become a Prime member. I mean, Prime is like their goal. If you're not a Prime member, it's like, what's wrong with you? I mean, I'm not a Prime member. Maybe there's something wrong with me. But any hoot, Amazon has crossed the 1 trillion mark five weeks after Apple reached the 1 trillion mark this early August. So in saying that, it seems as though that right now Amazon and Apple are the trendsetters financially in the world. I mean, especially in the U.S. So um, I want to switch gears now and I want to talk about Nike and what they did. Now, um, sources reporting to the Man Cave Huddle via Bloomberg.com. Um, I've done some research to come about this story where Colin Kaepernick, if you don't know who he is, former quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, um, started the whole kneeling to bring about awareness and to start conversation to the racial, I should say racial, but more so police brutality on minorities, specifically young black men. And um, he revealed on this Labor Day that he was one of the new faces of Nike's Just Do It 30th anniversary campaign. Now, the campaign is a new partnership, which is an extension of the deal Colin has had with Nike since 2011. So what that sounds to me is like, and I've always been thinking about this, ever since he's had basically no job in terms of not being in the NFL. What does he do for money? I mean, he's not, you know, an analyst. I hope he saved some of it. I know he's been giving a lot of it away for great causes, but it seems as though through all this hard times that he's gone through, Nike never terminated their contract. And they've actually extended him and put him on the face of this new Just Do A campaign. Now, upon what Colin did on Labor Day, um, he, Nike received $43 million worth of media exposure, according to the Apex Marketing Group. Now, what, he, what Colin actually did is he basically just tweeted out a picture of himself, and it's a close-up, so it's really close, close tight on his face. And in a small white text over his face, it says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything. And I mean, for a guy that pretty much sacrifices NFL career, I mean, how true can, how truer can a statement be than what that is saying? Now, the renewed partnership with Kaepernick, it's, it's ironic that they've decided to do this because it's gonna cre- it could create some tension with the NFL only because Nike has been the official uniform and sideline um, apparel supplier for the NFL since 2012, and that contract's running until 2028, so Nike ain't going anywhere. But and um, the reason why I say that it's a tense situation is because Kaepernick is accusing the NFL owners of colluding to keep him out of the league and recently, an arbitrator said that Colin Kaepernick does indeed have enough evidence to take the suit to trial. So I'm happy that now people can actually believe Colin when he's saying, look, these guys conspired to keep me out of the league. And to be honest, there are plenty of backups in the league that Colin Kaepernick is better than. And maybe even a couple teams in the league where he could actually compete and make it very, very interesting 
on whether or not he should actually be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, upon Colin releasing this um, picture and Nike announcing that this they're partnering up with Kaepernick, it seems as though that a lot of people have been burning Nike gear in a sign of protest, a sign of basically saying they don't like what Nike's doing. Now, hey, look, there are two sides to the same coin here, okay? Because there's one side where everybody's praising Nike, saying how great Nike is for doing this. But then this is also the same company that has been accused of having young kids and using them as labor, paying them dirt cheap overseas. Now, potentially, this could be used as an opportunity to create some positive PR for the Nike brand. Because apparently, all the backlash that Nike's received, so most, a lot of it has been positive, some of it has been neutral, and the negative has actually been the smallest margin. But what, if you look on the other side of the coin, because obviously Nike on one side could be using this as a PR stunt, but then on the other side, people are burning the Nike gear. They're, they're, they're the t-shirts, ripping the logo off the, the sneakers, burning sneakers, burning socks. And they're, they're doing that now, which is their right, and that's fine. But I do have a question that I want to ask everybody, and I want you to contemplate on it. And if anybody out there is actually within the realm of my voice to actually burn any Nike gear, when Kobe Bryant, and I'm a Kobe fan, so I'm not throwing shade or hate on Kobe. I'm just spitting facts right now. When Kobe Bryant was going through his rape trial, which was all over the media, nobody was burning anything back then. Nobody was saying how they don't want to support Nike because Nike's standing behind Kobe and what he was going through at that time. Kobe would have court at 11 in the morning and that night, play a basketball game, score 37 points, demolish whoever he was playing, and the fans would be in the stands cheering. Like I said, I don't have anything about to say about Kobe. I don't, don't want to make it seem like I don't like him, but we all know those are the facts. But nobody back then was saying, oh, I'm going to burn my Nike gear. Tiger Woods, serial cheater. It came out how he was cheating on his wife. Nobody was burning Nike gear then when they decided to stand by him. He had he divorced his wife. Well, I don't want to say he did. She did. Divorced him and left him. But nobody was burning Nike gear then. I mean, he suffered injuries. And it doesn't seem as though he's the same player, nor has he regained the same dominant form. But whenever he competes, whenever he's competitive, in that on the last day, it looks like he could win. Tiger! And you hear all this clapping and you hear people following him. And like I said, I don't have anything against Tiger Woods either. I'm just spitting the facts because nobody was burning Tiger gear then. They may have said, oh, I don't like Tiger. He's a bad guy. I don't like Kobe. He's a bad guy. But where was the Nike burning then? But yet, Colin Kaepernick, who wants to bring awareness to an issue that nobody's talking about, and within his right is doing protesting what he was doing when he was playing, they have a problem with that. Funny. Something I want you guys to think about. Now, after I got a little, I don't want to say political, but it sounds like I did, let's switch gears and talk about the NFL. Now, this past weekend, 
there was um, cuts where now you needed to have your team trimmed to 53 players as your active roster, meaning that anybody over that, you have to say, hey, thank you, but no thank you. There's the door. Bye-bye now. Take care then. Now, the Giants cut a lot of players, and with this new era, this new regime, a lot of the players that were cut were Jerry Reese players. You know, Darian Thompson, former high-round draft pick, was supposed to be the next free safety for the Giants. I'm not surprised that he was cut. He was injury-prone. But it's just a lot of the players that were John Jerry. John Jerry. He's another guy that was cut, but he was a Jerry Reese guy. Now, not all of the players that Reese picked were cut. I mean, you're not going to cut yourself an Odell Beckham, are you? You're not going to cut yourself a Landon Collins, are you? So it's the talented players or the productive players that were kept. But then one cut I found to be very, very interesting. They cut third-round quarterback Davis Webb, who was supposedly supposed to be the Eli's successor. I mean, that was the plan. I mean, when he was drafted, big arm, had a little bit of mobility, just needed to work on his delivery because it was a little long, wasn't cerebral enough, so he just needed to work on the, the, the mechanics as well as the mental part of being an NFL quarterback. But in terms of physical skill set, he had that. Now, in this past draft, Sam Darnold was available who many feel who was the best quarterback in the draft. Just because he didn't go number one doesn't mean that he was in the best play, the best court player at his position. And the Giants passed on him and drafted Saquon Barkley. In one of my other episodes, you should check it out, I discussed whether or not it was the right thing for the Giants to draft Saquon Barkley. Now, by not drafting a quarterback in Sam Darnold, that leads you to believe, okay, Davis Webb is the answer. Now, you cut Davis Webb. I mean, who is the successor now? Or is that guy even on the roster? I mean, I'm not saying Kyle Luletta, who's drafted in the fourth round, is not that guy. But let's just say Eli gets injured and misses significant time. Do you know who the backup quarterbacks are? Some guy named Tanny and another guy who's drafted in the fourth round who's a rookie by the name of Kyle Luletta. What's the importance of having a, a solid backup quarterback? Ask the Philadelphia Eagles. Why don't you ask them and how thankful they are that they had Nick Foles or Foles, Nick Foles Philadelphia to come to the rescue and get them a Super Bowl trophy. Now, I'll say this. If during the Saquon Barkley era, they win a Super Bowl or two, it was a smart, great decision for them to move forward and get Saquon. But unless you draft, but unless you win a championship, drafting Saquon Barkley will be a mistake. Because it looks as though that Sam Darnold has the goods and he could be a quarterback in this league for the next 10 to 15 years. And imagine if he wins the Super Bowl. Knowing the Giants passed up on this guy and Barkley, he could have Pro Bowls, great seasons, but why do we play? We play to win the game. Especially championships. Now, I'm not saying that can't happen. 
Let's say within the next three to five years, they pull out a Super Bowl with Eli Manning as the quarterback. Great decision. But if they don't, it's a decision that they might loom to regret because you don't want to be in a position where you're searching for quarterbacks and you don't have one. Because there are a lot of teams that are in that position and are at the bottom trying to get their way out. Now let's talk about Sam Darnold and the New York Jets on the other side of town. The New York Jets believe in Sam Darnold, whom the Giants passed on, and have named him the starting quarterback for the New York J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Now I will say this. Initially I didn't agree. I thought it was a bad decision only because... In the first 10 days, I didn't say weeks. I said 10 days of the NFL. The Jets are going to have three games. I mean, it's tough enough to be a starting quarterback. So now you're talking about in a little bit over a week and a half, he's going to have to play three games. Oh, God. And those three games, they will be the first game on Monday Night Football. They will be at Detroit. So you figure Monday night at 7, they're going to play a football game. And then Tuesday, they'll have off. Or maybe not. Maybe they might need to come in on Tuesday and start prepping. Why? Because that Sunday, they're going to have a a home game against the Miami Dolphins at 1 o'clock. And then that Sunday game, once it's done, they're probably not even going to leave the facility because they have to get ready for a game that Thursday night, that very week, at Cleveland. Now look, Detroit, Miami, Cleveland. I'm not saying you're playing, you're starting off the season going against the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Packers. Yes, these are all winnable games. But for a rookie quarterback, everything is, it's like the first day at your job. It's like, okay, where's the bathroom? Where's the cafeteria? Um, where's, where's the kitchen? And not only do you have to know all that, you have to be prepared to play three games in 10 weeks, but I'm not the coaching staff. I'm not there every day. So obviously the Jets feel comfortable that he can handle it and they have a good defense. So that's, that's what you want. You want a good defense and a solid run game. And that's what the Jets have. And Hey, look, they're not expected to win the Super Bowl this year. So Darnold will have his time to learn under fire and swink or swim, sink or swim fight or flight and I'm sure by week eight they'll know what they have and they'll have to just learn to deal with the mistakes that they know will come with the rookie quarterback but they must feel and know that he's their guy and they don't want to waste any time and they want to start the Sam Darnold era early can't fault him for that if you know you have something good why waste time but I want to take thank you guys for taking the time out of your schedule take a listen to what I have to hear, just have some thoughts flowing through my head that I wanted to express. And as I do in every episode, I want to end it in a positive quote. And for today's positive quote, pain doesn't just show up in our lives for no reason. It's a sign that something in our lives needs to change. One more time. Pain doesn't just show up in our lives for no reason. It's a sign that something in our lives needs to change. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.